Empire of the Sun. Suns. Empire of the Suns. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Wet like on book. Arizona Sports presents the Empire of the Suns podcast. Empire of the Suns. Hello there and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kellen Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. What an eventful Thursday night on ArizonaSports.com for you, Kev. Thought I had it all lined up, thought we'd finish the game, thought we'd go to the draft after, but then uh, came down all at once, but that's fine. That's fun. It was like that's midway fine. through the fourth quarter, right? What we're talking about is the Cardinals trading their first round pick in the NFL draft in the fourth quarter of the Suns game six for a wide receiver who's best friends with Kyler Murray, whose name is Hollywood too. Not legally, but he everyone calls him Hollywood. Instead of drafting a center. So it was quite exciting. Like I, I think it was like with two minutes left or something in the Suns game. Maybe a little more. But anyway, good stuff. That is one of the many reasons in which why <laughs> one of the many reasons why this game was eventful. Suns win 115-109. They have advanced past the New Orleans Pelicans. You and I, after game five, I still proposed that I thought this was a coin flip, Kev, and I just wanted to see that that Suns team for longer than a game before I got too ahead of myself. I just had a feeling about this series and the way that the Pelicans were playing them after I didn't have that feeling, games two, three, whatever, right? And sure enough, in the first half of this game, we see that Suns team again that just can't figure out a way to deal with the Pelicans, and we see a Pelicans team that is somehow able to outwork the Suns, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, great, like I'm just not going to have a day off for a month, basically, because the series is going to go seven, and like my only chance of a day off this weekend is ruined. Uh, and then Chris Paul happens, and then this team happens. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the quote right now from Monty Williams, but it was basically somewhere along the lines of, I've got it right here. We talked at halftime about the spirit of our team. I had a few personal things to say to the team. The Pelicans were playing with their heart and just playing harder than us. And it was like every time we win a game in this series, the next game we come into it and just didn't have the same juice. And it was like enough is enough. And you could sense from the team that enough was indeed enough. They scored 30-plus points in each of the last two quarters of the game. Offensively, they were really, really good. And then defensively, I thought they were really good as well. Of course, the third quarters were what the Pelicans dominated in this series through five games, and then the Suns emphatically won the uh, won the won the sixth one of the series. And then in the fourth quarter, it was just a ton of shot making and a really really good game. But then they just couldn't stop Chris Paul, and it got to the point where he had just broken all of their brains. He got, I think it was Trey Murphy. I can't remember who was on Booker, but. He got someone to inch over towards the elbow too much when Booker was on the same side of the court as him. Booker hits a huge three, probably the biggest shot of the game. And then McCall gets the steal. McCollum just gets stuck in a trapping situation where he's basically putting the ball right in front of Bridges. Bridges rips it from him, dunks. And then two possessions later, Chris Paul isolates on McCollum. They don't send a double, and he scores. And I just think he he got to the point and maybe unconventionally, Kevin, but I talked about the Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers series, how they broke all three of those teams. The Pelicans showed it in a different way, but just with the way that Chris broke them down the last like four minutes of this game, 
he, he finally just, I think, broke him. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it's crazy because we were watching the last few games, seeing Chris Paul, like, is his left hand hurt? Is he just gassed? And then when you kind of see him going crazy in the third, it's like, all right, is he going to have enough juice just to, like, you know, hit a 15-footer? Because, like, that's what goes um, when you're dead tired is just stuffed out, you know, your legs go and all that. And same with Booker coming back, um, having not, you know, played in games for quite a while. So I, I think that watching them in the second half kind of will themselves when things obviously, again, weren't going right and it was the same story and – I think that all just goes back to last year and this team just has that, I don't know what you call it, the it factor, the clutchness of like, all right, like we might be tired. We might not be playing their best. They might have figured us out, but they can't figure us out completely. And like the book play, I think was the most significant, especially after listening to the Suns talk about it, because it wasn't just the go ahead basket. It was, a go-ahead basket where you leave the best player on the Suns wide open, basically. <laughs> and that's because they broke them. It was crazy. It was crazy. And it's just like, that seems really dumb, but there's reasons why they did yeah. that. And that's because Chris Paul was going crazy. It wasn't he just was like... He was 13 oh, of 13 from the field at that point, yeah. Yeah, it's it's like not like the Pelicans were like, oh, like we forgot about Devin Booker on the scouting. Or, no, like they... That's what happens when a guy is 13 for 13. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what it comes down to. And But it, it comes down to a winning team like Chris Paul being that brilliant and seeing, like, why are they doing this coverage against Devin Booker's over there? I, I will just pass it to him. Like, that's how casual it sounds like he thinks of basketball. Like, I guess I'll pass it to him because Devin Booker's open. Why did you do that? Here we go. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. It's that that team's really good though. Like Monty, I think you asked Monty the question. I don't remember what you asked him, but he I asked him I asked him if there's some thought to six yeah. game bloodbath being more beneficial to them as opposed to a four game sweep just because of how much they got tested this early in the run. Cause we're we're all I'm sure I know Monty and the team psychologically is not thinking like they're not thinking long-term they're thinking every game for every day first, you know, like they always do, but with that in mind, like they know that a finals run is likely. So there's some logic to a sweep being better for them, but I really think this was actually better for them and and go on. Yeah. I just think Monty said to that, like (laughs) that's not an eight seed basically. And I, I think he's right. And we talked about it early in the podcast. Like when you have two perimeter scorers, like those two dudes on that team, you have a bunch of great defensive pieces around them. Um, their power forward problem is only a problem if until Zion <laughs> Williamson comes back, and then it's very frightening. So, yeah, man, that's that. That was a fun team. I think that's not fluky and not all because Willie Green knows what they're doing. I think that's a really good team in the future too. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back in the. Uh the story that I posted, I, I, this is like the second time in the series I've realized I forgot something in there, but I should, should have mentioned their three rookies. Now they played in this game. Herb Jones was 16 points, four rebounds, four assists, four steals and 40 minutes on five of nine shooting. Alvarado had 11 points. Trey Murphy had 14 points. Alvarado, three rebounds, four assists, two steals to go with his 
11 points. Larry oh, Nance at 15 missed, off the bench. You missed Reggie Miller. Like, legit, the whole game was just like, the rookies are playing well. And he wouldn't get off it. It was weird. But anyway, continue. We can emphatically say, Kevin, uh, to use that word again, that New Orleans is better was or better. New Orleans' depth was better in this series, without a doubt. And their yeah. depth was just really, really good. They, they had seven players in double figures in this game. Larry Nance was all over the offensive glass in the first half that I mentioned. And for the Suns, it was just looking around and seeing who else was going to step up. Cam Johnson had a three straight play sequence in very Cam Johnson fashion where he ripped a ball from Alvarado for an offensive rebound and got the putback. And then he had a steal and then he had a three in transition as a trailer in the span of whatever it was, like 45, 60 seconds. Uh, That kind of got him into the kind of game where, as Monty put it, he got his fingerprints on it. But then outside of that, Chris Paul, 33, uh, DeAndre Ayton, 22 on 10 of 12 shooting. And then Mikel Bridges, 18 on 7 of 12 shooting. In this in this series, Kevin, uh, Mikel Bridges averaged 17 points a game and shot 55% from the field. DeAndre Ayton averaged 21 points per game and shot 70% from the field. Chris Paul averaged 22 points per game and shot 57% from the field. Devin Booker averaged 23 points per game and shot 50% from the field. And, and they had to scratch and claw to produce offensively because – Again, I, I said this uh, with Tim Ring post game. This team is not built to be Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. It's just not. And even when their best four players are playing that well offensively and statistically, I know Book missed some of the series, but I mean, look at the numbers that Chris, DeAndre, and Mikel were putting up. And, and they just didn't have their supporting cast kind of step up. And when we start talking about the Dallas series on Sunday, uh, we'll certainly get into that and how the depth kind of needs to step up because Dallas is going to get contributions from other guys. But uh, to go back to kind of the game, um, I am just feeling grateful tonight, Kevin. That's kind of what I couldn't get past uh, as I walked back to my hotel room because I have gotten to see just three of the best basketball games I'll ever see one person play before. Uh, Chris in, I had to look it up in the Denver. I forgot how ridiculous the numbers were in Denver. He was 14 of 19 from the field for 37 points. In the game uh, four against Denver, where they advanced and they swept. And then the next round, of course, they move on to the NBA Finals. Game six win. Chris Paul playing against his former team. And he went absolutely nuts in that game, too. He scored 31 of his 41 in the second half and was 16 of 24 from the field. I tweeted that with my story tonight that I I can only say this is in the discussion for the best playoff game he's played as a member of the Suns, which is nuts, but it's true because in those two games, he was just absolutely out of his mind. And in this game, I think my favorite thing about this game, Kevin, it it was a lot more consistent. He looked to find his shot early and then it, it was the takeover from him in the second half, but I thought that it was just a lot more consistent and he was getting his teammates involved as well. It just felt like a really well-rounded sort of offensive game from him where it just wasn't this second half uh, sequence of just going berserk and scoring every single possession or affecting every single possession just with his shot. Um, I, I really liked the way that he played. And I talked about this the night that they traded for him on this podcast. Like I've always been a fan of watching Chris Paul. He's one of my favorite basketball players of all time, just as a basketball fan. So to be able to like watch these, especially in like an environment like that, when it's on the road, uh, and they're, they're like away from their home crowd. I think there's something a little bit more special to it. 
Uh, and it, it was just really, really cool to see him play like that and just see how much the moment meant to him for him to do it in that city, to do it with all these people around that he talked about post game that are always, that were always around for his games in new Orleans for them to do it against Willie green. Um, it was just really cool. And I think to kind of go back to having opinions on things, he's one of the best Suns players of all time. Now I feel confident in saying that just like this kind of series reminded me the way that he played in the series, the way that he carried this team while they needed him to without Devin Booker kind of just put it in the fact that like this guy's already one of the best players in franchise history. And he's been here for two years. It's pretty, he's, he's pretty incredible. He's the best point guard I've ever seen. Um, Quite honestly, like he might be, he he's definitely, I, I gotta say like, he's the best basketball player I've ever covered because just to see the level that he's been at for these two years, it'll probably be Devin. The answer will probably be Devin Booker once Book's career is done. But for now, it's just I, I've I've never seen anything like this. I I don't think I will with his style of play in mind. He had three turnovers, dude. Come on. <laughs> Did you see it's sixty eight assists and six turnovers for the series? <laughs> Isn't that stupid? It's what just bomb, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just nuts. 61 points in 67 minutes in the fourth quarter of this series, uh, according to our Australian correspondent, David. It's crazy. It's nuts. Um, So in in this game, we should talk about Devin Booker. And that's why I was saying we eventful because we got a couple of things to get to. Devin Booker, we talked about it at the end of last podcast, tells the Pelicans bench, I'm back. I interpreted that (laughs) as he was going to come back. And he indeed did come back. Um, gamesmanship, Kevin, do I want to go that far and calling it gamesmanship? I don't know, because it just seems like everything was the the plan. A lot of it was for him to test it out and see how he felt. He said that he went through some work yesterday, uh, and felt good. And then of course he had to go through some pregame stuff, make sure he was all good on that case, but it sounds like he was at least like questionable, but they did list him as out yesterday to start the day. Woj's report comes out that says, although he's listed as out, he could get upgraded, which led to this, like, is he really listed as out? Like, what does this even mean if he's listed out? Cause he's not out. It sounds like he's questionable. He gets upgraded to questionable two and a half hours before the game. And then an hour and a half before the game, Monty tells us he is going to play through the mild right hamstring strain. And uh, Kevin, still looks like a guy dealing with a hamstring injury uh, and in a way that was about the smartest it could be. And I didn't really sense any of this on the timeline, but I really employ, is that a word? I'm losing it, man. I really need to day off. I can't it depends on what you're going to say after that. Me. Um, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to say it again. Here we go. I would employ Suns fans to, implore implore is what I'm looking for. Holy okay. smokes, dude. My brain is gone. Oh my God. I need this pizza. I'm going to get in an hour and I need sleep and days off. Okay. I very much implore um, Suns fans to applaud book for the way that he approached this game, because there were maybe one or two times where I was like, when he was like kind of pushing it a bit in terms of how much he was pushing the, the hammy, there was one play in transition where Chris Paul threw a pass to him and he kind of had to go get it and fought through contact. And then there was the one where he had to, again, in transition, get a ball. And like he drew that foul from Larry Nance, made Larry Nance run into him. Um, outside of that, I did not see one point where he pushed it. And we're clearly at a point right now with his hamstring where he still can't push it. He was playing old man game offensively where if he was driving, he was moving at a very slow pace. He was using his body to kind of move around. He was shooting over Alvarado in the post. Um, that, that was really it. 
Um, there were a couple of plays, Kevin, where he got the ball with like a four on three, four on four, three on three, where I, I, I've seen this guy play basketball for seven straight years, just would see him fly in and attack the defense. And he was just taking it easy. He was not going to push it anywhere he couldn't. And then where he had to exert himself the most was defensively. He made a nice verticality play at the rim once or twice. And then in one of the biggest sequences or, or one of the biggest uh, plays of the game, Brandon Ingram gets Booker switched onto him. Booker does a great job of sticking on him, defending him, getting a really good contest in Ingram's face and Ingram misses. Um, so he, he, he looked good, Kevin, but he looked good in a way where he was extremely smart with the way that he clearly was not going to push a hamstring that can't be pushed yet, if that's the right way to phrase it. So again, implore, employ, whatever I'm trying to say, uh, give props to that man because he could have easily just pushed it a little bit too hard, blown out his hammy, and then just ruined this team's chances at a championship but he was very, very smart with the way he went about it and wasn't reckless at all. And I think that showed a lot of, I don't know if maturity is the right word, but it was, it was, it was just smart. But how many basketball players can go at that speed? Like that's a good point. Yeah. Decent. Like he's, he's actually, I mean, he's one of the rare guys. Like he obviously doesn't use his athleticism completely. He's so skilled, great at using his body. Um, so all this brings to me looking at a calendar. Um, he injured it on the 19th. Today's the 28th. He was what supposed to be out two to three weeks per reports. So he came back a little before two weeks, 10 days, nine days, whatever you want to do with the math. I don't know. Um, he's at like two weeks when you add a couple days now. Do you think that, do you think he, plays in game one like if they're that good they could rest him more in theory when there's not a series to close out but also it's like i don't know like it did i don't know if that was asked because i didn't listen to all of the post game but like do you think that's possible i'm sorry i'm completely distracted Mikel Bridges is like one of the funniest people on the planet. His Instagram post is like just him shooting a mid-range jumper in the game like normal. And he has the deuces emoji up and I'm like, what's going on here? And then I swipe to the second photo he posted. And it's that time where Andre Drummond was driving with the ball this year and threw up a peace sign. And oh, then every no. single member of the Suns went in the comments and threw up a deuces and the like Jay Crowder's in here. Cam Johnson's in here. Alfred Payton's in here. Ish Wainwright's in here throwing up the deuces. It's hilarious it's not a shot on a drum yeah yeah drum and comment on it it's just it's just Mikel posting a funny photo like he posted the Jalen Brown one he just makes a funny post after each series they win he did that last year I got completely distracted by that and was just laughing at it what were you saying what were we asking do you think book plays in game one like I don't, I don't know yeah I, I don't know um I, I that's, would a, that's a real that's a, not yeah well, it's a really good question, and the whole point of the question is to uh, entertain the conversation, which needs to be a conversation, uh, yeah. because I agree. He This was a huge game. They don't win this game if he didn't play. Um, he was very good in this game, um, just on a, on a base level, because like, this is what I wrote about in my Game 6 preview, is that he had he was 5 of 12, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 turnovers, plus 9. Um, he was five of, or no, sorry, four of six yeah. on his twos. Like he, he just really positively contributed to this game. But with that being said, that 
Yes, exactly. There's a conversation here, and I don't know if he should play. And the only way that I can offer an opinion on it is how much he can push the hamstring. Because the way that he – there were plays, specifically the ones I mentioned in transition, where he was holding them up as a team just slightly. Um, they weren't negative contributions necessarily, but it was like a, it was like a, okay, the the ball is like stopping here because he can't drive, so he's just gonna pull up and shoot a three. Um, with that in mind, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but I think that's just where we should leave it. That's a really good yeah way to so, say I just mean, like we we don't know yet because it segues I, into the bench though because the bench is not playing well. <laughs> no, um, campaign was not good in this game again. It's been six games in a row now. I I know that he was okay in game five in some instances, but it's been six games in a row now. So I don't know how much more you need to see. And I think it's just going to reach a point in the Dallas series. If, if book is still not a hundred percent, if he's below 90, whatever it is, and they're relying on Chris, if they're just too reliant on their best players again, it's going to get to that point where they're just going to need to look into holiday or, or, uh, or Peyton to play. I, I've already said that a couple of times now, but it's just going to keep coming. Um, they need to get Cam Johnson going. Jay Crowder's got to start knocking down threes. I am the biggest advocate in the world for Jay Crowder playing. When he came in for Cam Johnson the last six minutes, everyone was groaning, but it is what it is. Uh, Jay Crowder is two of 22 from three coming into tonight, I believe that is nine. Yeah. It's coming into tonight. So he finished three of 26 from three in this series, Kevin, uh, that, that is brutal. And the, this shooting slump goes back about two months into the regular season. Like we're talking start of, um, February. That's the second month of the year. <laughs> oh boy. The old, the old noggin up there is struggling. I, yeah, I I think they have a lot of questions still left to answer going forward, and it's just most of it is around their uh, their supporting cast. Um, like, but D- it, it, like DA, what Mikel played forty four again, understandable with Ingram and McCollum, but like DA playing forty is impressive, and he can do it. And we should like that's the dude who was out of shape sometimes when he was younger. Like that's incredible. He went McGee lasted McGee lasted three minutes before they couldn't play him anymore, and then Biombo lasted five minutes until they couldn't play him anymore. Yeah. So yeah. like those guys, the starters are all like you feel good about most of them, but yeah, that bench man. Um, they played hard the last game, but they were playing just out of sorts today. Where Monty was just like, nope, I don't think so. I'm not doing that. Let's end this. I liked Monty uh, changing a couple of things in this game, specifically with trapping Ingram. I thought that really affected the fourth quarter, and that's where Herb Jones and Alvarado and Murphy, all those guys, were still hitting shots. But again, like if if the Pelicans are going to beat you because all those guys are hitting threes or making drives to the rim, then so be it. But those guys kept making the plays, man. Like you said, they're going to be. I don't know how the West projects next year. We got an off season to go through, but you got to think that Phoenix at the top is going to be Memphis in that conversation. And then I think you could really talk yourself into on top of Denver being healthy, the Clippers being healthy. Like the West is just going to be insane next year. It's just going to be absolutely ludicrous. Good luck to the Kings and the Rockets for squeezing in somewhere uh, in the next couple of years. Cause Holy smokes. 
can I ask you a general question without getting too far into like Dallas matchups? Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about the effort stuff where it's offensive rebounding is the big one? Is it just the Pelicans are a bad matchup? And then the other thing is not a matchup thing. It's the Suns keep doing things like leaving the best shooters open. Yeah. Like Trey Murphy, what? Four for seven all from three today. And most of those are wide open. And it's like, why are you helping off him in the corner? Well, they're helping off him and they're helping off him in the corner because it's Ingram and McCollum. But to your point, there's already another helper or two there. And there was just yeah. like the basketball IQ and team rotation aspect of it, especially when they were trapping on Ingram. Like I, I said, like they forced those other guys to make shots and they want them to, and that's okay. But there are ways for them to rotate better and make those looks. And it was, it yeah. was, it was below average defensive rotations from them out of the traps. And they are the best team in the NBA at that, in my opinion, scrambling and recovering. I think they're, they're absolutely phenomenal at it. So for yeah. to see them struggle at that plays, into your question and plays into my answer, which is that I am concerned until I see them really start to clean up everything that they're, they're really core DNA stuff, which again was something like that, that didn't play a factor in the first five games. Really. They were, they've been trapping CJ sometimes, but not a lot to the extent that they did tonight on Ingram and their scrambles out of that just weren't really that good. Um, so yeah, I, I am concerned, but I also do think that Dallas is an excellent matchup for them. And if DeAndre plays anywhere close to as good offensively as he did in this series, he might average 25 a game in that series because Dallas has absolutely no one to body on him at all. Just no shot. Powell's got no shot. So um, that's kind of my answer. And then I, I also think when we talk about the series a little bit more, I just think Dallas is defensive individual. It's going to have to be an unbelievable defensive team performance by Dallas because individually – Dorian Finney-Smith is really good. Bullock's solid. Brunson solid. Kleba's solid. Um, they, every, were they I, top 10 in defense this year? Yeah Jason, yeah, Jason Kidd turned them into a defensive team, and that's kind of what turned their season around, really, because then once that, that got established and then Luka got in shape and then it was curtains from there in terms of any chance of them like not really making the – or being in the plane or anything like that, but – in terms of individual matchups, it's like if Book is healthy, it's like, okay, Finney Smith is going to guard one of the guys, but who guards the other one? And it's it's kind of the same thing we saw in this series when it comes to Herb Jones. It's like Herb Jones is going to guard one of those guys, so that means CJ or someone else has to guard the other guy. And it was Ingram in game one. I remember when we were like, oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> That's not a good idea. Don't do that. Um, they've got like the same kind of issues. So I just think that on top of how well – I'm going to the one of the pieces will literally just be clips of how well Mikel and DeAndre have defended Luca over the years because they just have like a feel for him that's really noticeable. Um, but I am concerned, but I think that they got really lucky with this series, if that makes sense. Because second round opponent, a four or five seed shouldn't be as easy as this is this feels. Because I don't know about you, but it feels like Suns and five to me, even with what they're going through right now as a team. I still think it's a five. I'll say that, yeah. Yeah, and even if, if it goes six, I mean, that's just because, again, like their depth just doesn't wake up. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, we already talked about New Orleans a lot. We didn't really hit on the Willie Green stuff, but obviously a really special thing there. I loved Chris Paul's line of, if something if someone says something bad about Willie Green, that just tells me about you as a person, a.k.a. like I can't trust you or I don't like you, basically, because if 
Willie Green is such an awesome dude that if you're saying anything remotely negative about him, that just means you're not a good person, <laughs> which is yeah. a really fair, fair test all around. I, I, I approve that method. Um, and then lastly, we talked about this last time. Um, Ingram and McCollum, 35 shots, 37 points. Um, they just really held those two guys in check. McCollum got that fifth foul midway through the third quarter. I wasn't even keeping track of anything, and I saw him going to the bench, and I was like, what? And then <laughs> saw five Happened fouls, so and I was quickly, like, oh, yeah. my. Yeah, he got three fouls over, like, four minutes. It was it was rough. Um, anything else for you, like, really just series-wide standouts that are going to factor into the next one? Uh, only 23 assists tonight was the other thing I noticed. And the lack of generating, we haven't talked about, we've talked about like them not hitting threes, Kevin, but they also didn't generate a lot of threes in this series. So there are like, there are a couple of like uh, things to take away for sure that are slightly concerning. Yeah. I think this is going to be a good exercise in can a team that doesn't match up at all, like the Pelicans um, in the Mavericks take things that the Pelicans did and still uh, com- give give the Suns problems by stealing some of the things that the Pelicans did. I think that's going to be super interesting um, with it, uh, just a different, completely different personnel grouping. But um, I-, I can't think of a situation last postseason run where that was like the case um, completely. Do you have any red shirts with uh, expletives on them, Kevin? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Uh, waiting courtside to watch book warm up. Look to my left. Two Pelicans fans are coming in. They have FJ Crowder shirts on. The F is um, with the stars on it. Get a picture of it. Take the picture of it. Those two walk by. Jared Jack says something to them. Uh, JaVale McGee says that's some petty bleep to them. And then Jared Jack just has like a 90 second exchange with one of them and just says something to the effect of like taking it off or whatever. And I think Jared was just trying to get his way into getting the shirts. Um, and then book is what somewhere in between books, warm up Jared or someone on the suns manages to get the shirts to Jared. Like it's multiple of them because these guys brought like eight of the shirts either to hand them out or keep putting them on. If they got taken away, I don't know. But somewhere in this, like, 15 minutes, Jared Jack gets a hold of, like, four of these shirts, and then he tosses one to Book. Book holds it up to, like, see how his shirt looks, and he just smiles immediately. Like, he's just, he, again, it's it's him. Of course, he's going to smile. He puts it around his neck and jogs back to the through the tunnel laughing. <laughs> it's like, right there, I was like, oh, no, the poor Pelicans. These two <laughs> fans just ruined this game for them. But it turned out that didn't give them the juice any in the first half anyway. Those shirts go back to the locker room or somewhere. And then Devin Booker and uh, Jay Crowder both wore them post-game. I thought Jay might wear it out for his pregame shoot-around and like a heel wrestler entrance, but we didn't get that necessarily. Um, And then in true Jay Crowder fashion, where it's like, this is why Jay Crowder is who he is, we're all laughing as he sits down and he says, what's so funny to all of us? (laughs) (laughs) It was really that. And that was funny too, on top of everything else being funny. That was funny. Can we talk... I appreciate book being like, Chris, you need to tell them about this chain you're wearing around. Your neck. <laughs> what did he was say? I, I didn't listen to that part back. It was basically little Wayne gave him this very nice chain when he was playing for new Orleans or in new Orleans. Um, and he wore it. 
I I don't know. Post game, because yeah. the last it was it's yeah the last game in New Orleans for this series, obviously. So uh, that's a really cool like flex when it's like oh Lil Wayne gave me this gift. But anyway, congrats to him for being great friends with Lil Wayne. Yeah, it's been really fun to watch those two share a podium together because Book has a way of kind of trying to bring out um i'm trying to think of of a way to phrase like little brother like yes he has a way of needling at chris in a way where chris is um he has a way of representing himself for sure um in those situation and chris and then like book just has something along the lines of like three three turnovers you owe me a hundred and then chris was like man shut up like just just (laughs) don't be talking about our money while we're while we're sitting there in a press conference um (laughs) Which is which has been great to see. They've been uh, going back and forth with all that kind of stuff all year uh, when they've been up there together. It was really fun. Um, all right, friend. Um, there is a pizza place. It's open till two thirty in the morning. It is one thirteen. I share a street corner with, and I'm going to go downstairs and divulge into because I deserve it, don't I? Can I yes, tell myself do. that? Okay, you, you deserve, deserve some pizza too, buddy. Holy smokes! I already did the pizza, and you deserve the weekend off, though. Uh, not happening because game one's on Monday and we got to preview it. But uh, I appreciate well, the it's, sentiment because it's I've, better than working Saturday and then doing Sunday work. Like what I did for the plan, where I did the whole preview on Saturday. Yeah, we're not going to be doing that. We're going to be nice and spread out. Going to be able to work ourselves at a gentle, kind two day pace yeah. instead of a sixteen hour marathon like I did before. What do you think about Hollywood? Is this like is this good? Uh, he's pretty good. I don't know. It's everyone was like they could have traded for AJ Brown, and it's like, well, he he's costing like a hundred million, so don't do that. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, I, apparently, I, well, he's in the same draft class as Kyler, so they got to pay him eventually. So that that part's interesting. Um, I don't know how good he is. That's the problem. Like I know, I know statistically he's put up numbers and stuff, and I know that. Him and Kyler have unbelievable chemistry. I like it as a whole, but I just wonder, like, is he going to be, like, a legitimate number two next to Hop? It sounds like he will, but I don't know. Kyler owns that the Cardinals, at least. We know that because he's been complaining about that whole situation, and he got what he wants. So we'll see how it turns out. And if he's not any good, then it's Kyler's fault. Hollywood will turn around when uh, Kyler throws him the ball. That's the good thing. Probably. Oh wow, yeah, we get to watch less AJ Green now. I, I realize okay. Yeah. A plus trade. Forgot. A plus trade. Yeah. Don't don't end me. He's not gonna play. I refuse to believe that he's gonna play after this. Don't do that. It's gonna be Rondell Morris, the third receiver in the three receiver sets. Don't even talk to me. I won't I won't hear it out of you. You hear me? You got it. All right, everyone. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Like I said, we'll be back on Sunday. Uh, I'll be getting through some preview work here over the next two days to kind of really dive into the Mavericks series. Obviously, as Suns fans know, that is a matchup since Luka got to Dallas that the Suns have dominated. Luka is also coming off three straight. I'm assuming this is going to be his third straight first team all NBA, and he's averaging something like 39 and nine in his playoff career. So uh, quite the matchup for the Suns to have. And we'll be breaking it all down on Sunday. We'll talk to you then. Bye.